Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends and ValHart.com. Welcome to the Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, The Real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Tim Link. He's the president and CEO of Link's Wagging Tails, Inc. He's an author, speaker, a nationally syndicated radio host. He's an animal communicator and a Reiki energy healer for animals. He is also past president of the Humane Society of Forsyth County in Georgia, and he's a past member of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Pets Expert Panel. He enjoys spending time with his wife and I'm sure many animals in coming Georgia. And for more information, you can find out about Tim at his website at wagging-tales.com. Welcome, Tim. Thanks. I'm uh, so glad you're on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Great, great. So tell me, tell us the funny thing that happened to you. How in the world did you get started uh, doing what you're doing? Yeah, you know, it was uh, quite accidental. Uh, You know, I'd love to say that I was one of those children that uh, had this real connection with animals and rescued squirrels from trees and and, uh, cats that had a limp and those Mm -hmm. type of things. (laughs) I always loved animals, but I grew up in a very, uh, very small house. Um, So it was my, my, father and mother and two sisters and we all lived in a 675 square foot house wow yeah so not a lot of room for for animals and mm-hmm. pets and things of this sort yeah but uh and i started i was first in my family to go to college paid wow. my way through college got a degree in business started a 20-year career in telecommunication as an executive uh, sales uh, manager. So I worked with some of the major Fortune, not only 500 companies, Fortune 10 companies in the world, wow. the biggest names out there, awesome. selling advanced technology. Okay. And um, so I had a really great career. Everything was going just splendid for 20 years. But in 2004, that was all going to change. Um, okay. We had a animal communicator uh, come to town, to the Atlanta area, uh, the late Judy Byers, okay. and Judy's been working with uh, animals in various modalities for quite some time, and she was teaching this little half-day workshop, and the half-day okay. workshop was designed to just sort of open your heart, open your mind a little bit, teach you things like meditation and clearing exercises, mm-hmm. and then we started working with animals. Um, we had about 12 people in the class. Um, each of us were to bring about four or five pictures of our animals in our mm-hmm. lives, mm-hmm. We all had four or five questions, pretty simple questions, but things we only knew the answers to. Okay. So things like, you know, what color is uh, Fluffy's um, uh, water bowl? Where does Spot like to sleep? Where does Winnie eat her hay? Those type of things. <laughs> okay. 
And so we went through this exercise, and I thought it was just going to be a hoot. I thought it was going to be fun, uh, being around a lot of animals and pictures of animals and people that love their animals. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at, after I did these clearing exercises, I looked at the pictures. I also worked with some animals, uh, live animals at the guest house. And I would ask these simple questions, and I started receiving information back. I got a couple of words, uh, picture, fairly simple at the time. I had no idea what these were, but I wrote them down on my little notepad, and then I compared them back with the human companion, the owner of the animal, mm-hmm. just to see how accurate I was, see if I was yeah. fairly close. Yeah. Well, little did I know, not only did I get the first one spot on and the second one spot on, but when he got up to over 100 of them, Every wow. single one of them clicked, and every wow. single one of them were accurate. Awesome. Yeah. So I, that's what I thought. I thought, well, this is awesome. This, this is, is also cool. Yeah, this is yeah. cool. This is also cool. pretty weird. One of them, what the heck yeah. am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know? It wasn't like I could, you know, and then what was I going to do with it, you know, after this? You know, that was the big question, because it wasn't yeah. like I could continue to, you know, I, w- I couldn't go to the head of Intel. And say, hey, guess what? You know, if you if you buy like thirty million dollars worth of my technology today, uh, uh, I'll tell you why. You know, Fluffy's not using the litter box anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you know, one of these days, maybe those two worlds will combine, and, and it'll be great. But we're not quite there yet. Well, you know, I do think that we should be taking our animals into the workplace. You know, that that learning how to communicate with animals actually helps us know how to communicate with people better, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And um, the, the same techniques we use to help each other heal and understand and acknowledge each other's viewpoints and learn how to work together. And, you know, the the the, the, the teamwork, you know, the, the concept of pack, you know, and, and or herd or, you know, that kind of thing, the, the group consciousness. Uh, actually, if we brought that into the corporate workplace, that would be pretty amazing, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, and there's been some articles and some studies done on that as well. And not only does it help you build that teamwork and help you uh, stay focused, yeah. it also um, allows you, you know, when we speak to our animals, we're usually fairly straightforward yeah. with our how we talk to them. Right, And right. they understand and pick up on that. Well, if we're That's communicating right. with our, our colleagues in a straightforward fashion, they'll be able to understand us a little bit better. Yes. Uh, plus the overall energy, the calming energy and the support, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. that the animals naturally bring. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been proven that it not only calms us down because we have an animal in our lives, at our home life, yeah. but it definitely can uh, translate over to the business world as well. Yes, yes. Major, major benefits of, of including animals in our life in a deeper, more heart-centered, um, more connected, you know, way. Uh, can transform really everything. It, it transforms all our relationships, whether they're work or personal or, you know, um, teacher, guru, whatever, <laughs> teacher, yeah, student. Uh, it, it all works. So, yeah, oh, that is so cool. So let's talk about energy. So uh, you do um, energy healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about that. What form of energy healing do you actually use with animals? How does that work for you? Sure. Well, um, I use Reiki as my, my form of modality. I'm a Reiki master. Okay. And I focus all my attention on the animals. I, I really don't practice my Reiki energy work on the humans um, unless there's something that's going on with the, the human companion that's causing some dis-ease within the animal. Okay. And then we do some work with the humans as well. Mm-hmm. But we focus on the animals and we work on, on opening those chakras up, getting that energy to flow smoothly 
throughout the body, consistently throughout the animal's body. Mm-hmm. So they're at an even temperament, so they're healing themselves, so they're getting through any emotional or physical challenges that they're having. Okay. And we're also being, you know, using the, uh, the energy healing, the Reiki energy healing, it really allows me to identify where some blockages are and even some physical things that are going on within the animal okay. that we can identify and if the energy is not opening up those um, air, those portals, those uh, blockages sufficiently, mm-hmm. then we can at least identify what impact it's having, what part of the body it's impacting, and give the human companion uh, a lot more guidance and information and things that they can share with their veterinarians. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a great deal of success with that. In my book, we have a couple of uh, uh, short stories in there as well where we've identified some medical problems okay. long before the veterinarians had detected it. Um, gave the information to the human companions. They provided it to their veterinarian, and lo and behold, that was exactly what the challenge is. Yeah. And we've helped uh, help save some lives and helped, uh, you know, really uh, give some better guidance. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I know in my own practice, I'm I'm known for finding things, you know, often way before it becomes so broken that the technology and and uh, allopathic medicine can find it. <laughs> you know, so um, you know we we wonder why the horse is lame. Um, when I do the scan, I find a fracture, you know, or a hairline, you know, something pending in that area. But then they can't find it, you know, for you know. And then a month later, um, all of a sudden, it's large enough that they can detect it. Now they know, you know. So I know that's happened habitually, and, and for, for as long as I've been in practice. Uh, so when you follow the energy, when you you learn how to you know, to see where it flows, where it's blocked, when it's, you know, where it's redirected or stuck, um, then you can, we can learn so much about the health of the being that we're working with. So you do medical intuitive scanning also, is that correct? Yeah, yes, yeah, I do, and I tie that into the modality. So, And I'm tying that in at, at all times, and what I mean by that is if someone has contacted me just uh, to do a animal communication yeah. uh, consultation with them to maybe find out why, Spot is not eating his food. Mm-hmm. The very first thing I do is do an energy scan, mm-hmm. whether I'm there in person yeah. with the animal or whether I'm doing it remotely. Right. We do a scan of the body to find out what's going on. Yes. Because there could be some physical thing going on, a medical thing that's going on that's causing Spot not to want to eat the food. Right. And if we can identify that and focus on uh, that chakra and open it up, if we can focus mm-hmm. on that organ that's associated, uh, that has an impact from that chakra, mm-hmm. and open that up to get that energy flowing through, right. that could be the simple way of solving. And if not, then right. we can give some guidance. And, right. Yeah. Right. And it's worked out real well. You know, as a matter of fact, I have quite a few veterinarians that uh, that contact me uh, mm-hmm. on, on behalf of their uh, human companions, you know, their mm-hmm. clients. Yeah. Um, to sort of go through some things that have sort of stumped them or things that they let their right. logic seep into a little bit too much. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little different perspective. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not yeah. a replacement for veterinarian care, but no, it really is nice. It, yeah, it helps and gives guidance. It and does if you help. Can... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I know that, you know, a lot of vets are very, you know, they get puzzled and perplexed, you know, and, and frustrated uh, because the techniques and approaches that they use um, that they're taught, that they know to use, that, you know, they're doing the best they can, um, and a lot of cases don't respond, you know, or they respond oddly or not as expected, or now we have a new problem cropping up. I know a lot of vets refer to me also when they hit those kinds of cases 
Um, and, and also, oh, here's the fun one that I know you'll appreciate also. A lot of times it's really not about the animal. You know, so the animal is at the effect of their person, their caretaker, and they reflect. I call it the human-animal-body-mind connection. You know, so uh, their person's issues are reflected in the animal. The animal's carrying that that wound or, you know, um, uh, you know, mirroring uh, that block uh, for their person, right? Have you found that to be true in your work? That is absolutely spot on. You know, it's um, animals do a great job of, of deflecting um, negative energy. Mm-hmm. And negative energy can come from the emotions and uh, physical and emotional things that are going on with their human companions, uh, other individuals in the household, the family mm-hmm. unit, mm-hmm. As, as well as, you know, their environment. Yeah. And, and, and how we talk to them is a big part of it. You know, if you yeah. ever talk to a, a dog and you tell them, you know, don't pee on the floor, mm-hmm. well, they deflect that don't because that's a harsh negative energy word. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they pee on the floor. They think that's so, what we're telling them to do because that's what we're focusing on. Exactly. <laughs> is we're seeing it in our mind and yeah. we got a lot of energy on it, you know, a lot of emotion uh, to make it pow, you know. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we've got to be cognizant of that. And uh-huh. and we've had, uh, you know, there, there are plenty of stories. I mean, I remember one, I, I was actually doing a radio show with a, a, a mm-hmm. young lady and she had called in and her cat, um, who had been perfectly healthy, is a four-year-old cat, mm-hmm. um, perfectly healthy, checked out. She just had him to the vet a month before. Everything was great. All of a sudden, passed away. Passed oh. away from a heart oh, attack. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Ouch. So we made a connection with the cat to find out what was going on, how it was doing, and, and you know, confirmed that it was very sudden. But the emotion part of it was not very sudden. It was actually something he had been absorbing since he was a kitten with her for the past four years. Wow. And it was actually a reflection of her. And so I started asking her questions about what was going on and come to find out, yes, uh, she had a weight problem. She had a socialization issue. She didn't go out and socialize with people. She didn't have any friends or family. Mm -hmm. Her work, she worked from home, so she never went out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of really self-esteem and doubt and fear and things building up within her. Mm-hmm. And I had actually asked her if she had had a heart problem herself because a lot of times, yeah. you know, our animals will sort of uh, be a mirror, mirror yeah. of us or they deflect it back to us to say, hey, wake up. You know, yeah. if this is happening to me, there's a good chance it's happening to you. Yeah. And she had responded and said, no, I hadn't, hadn't had any heart issues, but I haven't had any tests either. Mm-hmm. So we get down with the, the phone conversation on the radio, and about two weeks later, she calls me back, or she emails me back, mm-hmm. and says, "I want to thank you so much. You know, not only did you help me understand that process of my animal making the transition, yeah. but more importantly, it sort of woke me up, and I decided to go in and get a checkup. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. did uh, an EKG and some other tests on her, kind of find out she had a blockage in one of her arteries. Wow." They yeah. had no idea about. They did the angioplasty, put a stent in there, mm-hmm. and um, you know it possibly you know saved her life. And that was all coming from her cat saying, yeah. "Hey, you know I've absorbed all this for this long, mm-hmm. can't absorb it anymore. But here's my wake up call to you: yeah. um, the way you're living your life and the, what you're doing and absorbing your own internal energy. Yeah. Um, you know you need to wake up and change. And yeah. so she did. Yeah. Yeah." I take that really seriously. I, I I work with that myself. I my dog had a hairline fracture uh, last fall, and when I looked at that, I went, "Okay, I don't think this is really your issue. I think it's mine." Mm-hmm. You know, and so I started working with you know, um, I changed my supplementation. You know, I started doing some weight 
you know, training. I, I started doing some different things. Um, and, of course, he's fine. <laughs> Uh, so he healed very quickly, and I feel stronger, you know, so I always teach my clients, you know, pay attention, you know, if your animal's got a problem with an area, chances are very good that that, that you, they may be reflecting your issue, um, and it could actually not be their issue at all, it could actually be yours, so you take action, pay attention. Exactly. Yeah, I tell people all the time that, um, you know, if there's a physical change or a behavioral change going on within your animal, Mm -hmm. it's a great time to take a step back, take a deep breath, analyze yourself, analyze the family unit and see what's going on. And, yeah, nine times out of ten, there's something happening that we just, uh, you know, through our daily lives just have overlooked, haven't recognized. Right, right. right. Um, I I remember, so it was interesting, something you said earlier made me think of this. Uh, When I first started doing communication work myself, I thought that communicating with animals was the be-all, end-all. I mean, it was such a incredible, fascinating, wonderful gift and tool and, and how exciting, you know. Um, and then I would work with animals uh, to change an issue and would hit a block, you know. And I figured out that it actually wasn't the animal's issue. Uh, it was their person's. So I've spent a great deal of my training and, and education actually learning how to help people resolve their problems you know, so that we can help the animal. Otherwise, we can't help the animal, <laughs> you know, if, if we can't balance that. So let's go back to talking about balancing the energy. How do animals actually react when they receive healing energy? You know, I find that that they are very much open to it. At first, when you start to do it, if they've never had any energy work done mm-hmm. on their behalf, it, it's kind of different. It's kind of strange to them. Um, it's a lot like when you're introducing yourself to uh, a dog or a cat in person. Mm-hmm. And they want to sniff it. They want to investigate. Maybe they're a little shy at first. And then sure. once they see that everything's good, yeah, they love you and they live up on you. Yeah. Um, so it's the same way. With the energy, they're, they're like a little cautious. Maybe they'll only take a little bit of it at, at, at first. But when they start to see the results and feel the results, they're much more open and less guarded than mm-hmm. uh, their human companions. Yeah. Yeah, we let so we overanalyze so much in our lives that it's hard to open. <laughs> Even for us that practice this all the time, we still I know I catch myself thinking, "Oh my gosh, you know, you're right. I I should be yeah. meditating right now." <laughs> right. Well, you know, we teach best what we most need to learn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we share right. what we've learned, you know, so but there's a reason why we learned that is because we needed to learn that. And then hopefully we're able to share it and bless others with what we've learned. So That's right. That makes That's sense right. to me. So let's talk about all the levels. So, so energy healing work actually works on multiple levels. Uh, what do you mean when you say that? Well, it, it works on not only the physical level, identifying where there's some physical challenges going on mm-hmm. within the animal. Um, they'll share that with me in the form of uh, I'll fill the blockage, as I mentioned before, in, in the mm-hmm. chakra that will impact that particular part of the body. Mm-hmm. I've actually gotten to the point um, over the years where I actually will feel the things they are feeling. Yeah. Uh, so when I'm connected to them and then if they've had a, um, you know, a sore right paw, my right wrist will start to hurt. Yes. Or if they have some hip dysplasia or some hip issues, my mm-hmm. hip or my you know my back area will start to hurt while I'm connected. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I disconnect, I have to do you know my cleansing exercise so I don't leave it attached. Yeah. Um, it's not pleasant at times to feel those yeah. things. Yeah. But we we de- you know it's definitely helpful and helps pinpoint that area. So yeah. it does work on that physical aspect, but also works on an emotional aspect. You're clearing them emotionally because. 
you know, as you and I have talked about, you know, it's it's one of those things where if, if we're holding a lot of emotions within ourselves, uh, especially a lot of negative energy, as I call it, mm-hmm. then we start to have problems, and we start to have problems emotionally uh, with our own behaviors and our own emotions, mm-hmm. as well yeah. as it starts to impact physically. Right. And that's exactly how it happens with the animals. So if, as humans, if, you know, we tend to hold on to a lot of that um, uh, doubt and resentment and, and fear and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, am I am I worthy, the worthiness of ourselves? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we continue to hold that in and don't allow uh, ourselves to release it or have someone help us release that, yeah. then it starts to really impact our lives and impact us physically. Right. And that's the same thing with the animals. If we're, they go through the same emotional challenges that we do, they don't have the same ego things that we have. Um, you know, they you know, pride and, and hatred and resentment. They don't hold on to those, but they do absorb. You know, they do have questions about what you know, what kind of animal should I be? What should I be doing? What are my jobs? Uh, yeah. uh, what's my function within uh, the family? What's my purpose for being here? And am I able to fulfill that purpose? Right. So they still have those things that they they want to analyze. And if we don't help them open those up, uh, then they start to have some uh, emotional or or behavioral issues as well. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, I know when we're feeling guilty or, you know, like you said, any of these, any of the, I call it being the walking wounded, you know, <laughs> where, where we're in doubt, fear, resentment, we're chronically anxious, tense, nervous, right? All of that creates a weakness um, and our animals don't respond well when they're, <clears throat> when the person that's supposed to be their leader, caretaker, you know, they're best friend, you know, the person they're supposed to follow, you know, or, or you know, play with nicely, hopefully, <laughs> uh, when when you're, when their person is showing up in a weak energetic state, then it undermines everything that we do and it creates instability, um, it creates insecurity, um, you know, lack of confidence, you know, all that kind of thing, which leads to sickness, of course, but also things like aggression uh, shyness, separation anxiety, you name it, you know, all kinds of different uh, reactions to their, the human caretaker's um, basic woundings, you know, that, that they're carrying in their body mind. Does that make sense yeah. to you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a great yeah. example of that, you know, I, I do a lot of work with rescue organizations. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, I'm former president of a local uh, no-kill shelter here in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I do a lot of rescue events. And a lot of times I'll do, like, many consultations with the animals and the human companions, a little 10, 15 minutes. And then we get back to the rescue uh, for the uh, fees that we collect. Mm-hmm. But every single time, I, I, well, I shouldn't say every single time, but let's say 90% of the time, Someone will come up to the, to me with their dog, um, and they'll say, "This is my dog Fido. Fido came from a uh, was going to be euthanized uh, two days before I found him, mm-hmm. or he comes from a puppy mill, or he comes mm-hmm. from you know he's had this hard life, and it's like it's a war wound, and it's a war wound that now the human is is experiencing, but they're holding it up like a golden egg. Oh, like, I love look that. At, That's good. Look, yeah. Yeah." And um, one of the things I, I tell people all the time is let's release that because your animal is releasing it, your pet, your dog is releasing that. Yeah. So animals, no matter what kind of life they had before they came into your life, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was very good or very uh, hard on mm-hmm. them, yeah. they will understand and learn from that past but work quickly to put themselves in the present moment 
yes. apply whatever they learned from that past experience to the present yeah. and try to continue to fulfill their purpose for being here. Right. So if we're hanging on to that, if we're holding it up like that golden egg, then we're just holding our animals back as well as ourselves. Yes. So don't even mention that. When you show me Fido, say, this is my, my boy Fido, and we have a great life together. <laughs> That's yeah. the key. Don't hang yeah. on to that past. Don't hang on to that. But we do that. That's a society thing that as humans have. You know, we like to talk about, the yeah. you know, how my you thought your dad was bad. You ought to take a look at my dad. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. You think you take a lot of prescription drugs. Look at what I did. Look at my surgeries I've had. Right. And, boy, just like, whoa, okay, let's. Let's recognize that. Let's move past it, and let's figure out what we can do to have a, a great life and fulfill our purpose while we're here, and let's do the same right. for our animals. Right. I'm so glad you brought that point up. That makes so much sense to me. You know, a, a lot of what I do to help the animal is to help the human be more present because when the animal, the animal's survival depends on them being present, you know, and reactive and responding to what's happening right now. And if we don't let the past go, then they can't either. You know, exactly. We, it's like we re-traumatize them every time we tell the pain story, the war wound. You know, <clears throat> so absolutely. And so I'm we've got to release those. Re- recognize it. Recognize there was, for good or bad, there was reason for that to happen. Yeah. Let's recognize mm-hmm. it. Let's move past it, and let's forget all about. It. Let's not even focus on it ever again. Yeah, I love that. Good point. Uh, so, Tim, do you have to direct the energy to a specific location in order for it to be effective? I mean, do you have to really know exactly where it needs to go? In order to help, well, the the with the Reiki energy, it knows where where to go, so oh, it will okay. find the areas and it will help release those areas on its own. Mm-hmm. Now, I will focus if there are certain um, uh, chakras that are blocked. I'll f- focus some extra time on that particular chakra, or if there's a particular um, uh, disease or injury that's associated with that chakra, I'll, f- I'll spend a lot of time on that particular. Uh, limb or organ or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but naturally the energy knows. The energy flows through uh, the animal just like it flows through us. And when our energy is flowing smoothly, mm-hmm. we feel good about ourselves physically and emotionally. And so yeah. uh, just let that energy flow through them and let that energy happen naturally. Great, love that. Okay, so do should we only use energy healing on sick animals, or I mean, when when should we be using it? All the time. All the time. All, oh, all, all the, the time. time. All the time. <laughs> give you know, even if your animal is doing great physically and emotionally, give them a little yeah. bit of extra energy, or yeah. at least set the intent out there, yeah. and thank thank the universe for for making everything well. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's if you're providing energy to the animal and the animal's flowing smoothly, all the chakras are open, everything's going well for them, then that energy is just a nice little extra boost, a nice little extra clearing. Yeah. So it's like with us humans, we need to give ourselves energy to make us feel good. Mm-hmm. We can go into a meditation state, uh, state or a prayer time or quiet time, whatever it may be, to sort of release anything that may have been built up, release it before it starts to develop into something that is uh, more serious and more mm-hmm. challenging to release, yeah. and just let it flow smoothly. Okay. So that's why it makes us, with us humans, when we do our meditation prayer time, um, if it gives us great joy and peace to be in, uh, to do work in the garden or take a hike or just be with our animals, that's part of that clearing process. That's part of that energy going through us and releasing and, and absorbing positive energy. Yeah. And it's the same thing with our animals. They're going to collect certain natural energies, but it's always good to give a little bit extra uh, to them and make sure everything's going to continue to flow smoothly. Right. I like how you said that. The other thing I would 
I want to add to it is that sometimes I think we're actually helping ourselves more than we're helping the animal, you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. so when we put ourselves into a more balanced mode to where we can actually send positive energy, you know, we we take the time to focus on that and do that and do the breathing and you know and and oh you know clear our field and and all of that in order to send good energy you know to our animal who we love very much and want to support and help have a, ha- a long happy life right healthy life mm-hmm. um it actually puts us the the benefit or <laughs> is that we rebalance you know we're not just offering it to them we're sharing it um which really makes a big difference because the more peaceful and calm we are you know the clearer we are, the clearer they can be. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it is, you know, when you look at it, it's like going through the the analogy of when you're doing um, volunteer work or if you're mm-hmm. helping a friend out or helping a family member out. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that work, whatever you're doing for them to help them out, afterwards you feel better. Yeah. You feel so much better about everything. You feel, you know, you're smiling and you're physically feeling good. It's just really good state of mind. Yeah. So when we cognizantly add uh, the fact that we're going to put some positive energy in our body and push out any negative energy, mm-hmm. and we do that in the form of, of either uh, running energy healing through ourselves or going into our uh, meditation work, whatever it may be, um, we are helping ourselves. We feel better, and you're absolutely right. The animals will pick up on that, absorb that positive energy, and feel better themselves. Right. Um, I have something to ask you. Is there something you could share with our listeners that would maybe help them understand how to do this for themselves? Maybe give us a tip or um, a technique that you might um, teach. Or any, could, Is there anything you could do to help us get started, help our listeners yeah. get started? Yeah. You know, I, I, t- I tell uh, my, my students my clients all the time that you don't necessarily have to practice a modality. So, you know, if, if you uh, have studied Reiki or T-Touch or any other wonderful modalities or a combination thereof, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. But you don't have to have that because you have natural healing within you. You have a natural natural positive energy within you. So what, if you're running, for instance, if you want to just be uh, send positive energy to your animal, mm-hmm. then it's just a matter of going into your quiet time. Perhaps you warm your hands up and place them on the animal, or at least you're, or at the very least you're just in their presence. But instead of being in their presence watching TV, turn the TV off, close mm-hmm. your eyes, visualize your animal from head to toe, visualize these uh, chakras or colors within the animal. Um, you know, there's seven chakras, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. So you just visualize those all the way through from tail to head and head to tail back down the animal and set the best intention for them and let them heal. You know, one great example I talk about is we as humans, if we have a stomach ache, what is the first thing that we do? First thing that we do is we place our hands on our stomach. Mm-hmm. And we think, okay, that's just a natural reaction. Well, mm-hmm. what that is actually doing is, first of all, your stomach is actually your solar plex. And your solar plex is that third chakra that resonates in the color of yellow, the, the uh, solar plex chakra. And your healing, the warmth and the healing that's flowing through you naturally is going through through to the tips of your fingers and back out again. And you're naturally placing that healing energy through your hands on that solar plex chakra to open it up and to ease your stomach. Got it. Yep. 
So the, to the everyday person who's not practicing energy modalities, he's know nothing about chakras or anything of this sort, we just naturally, uh, through our own human development, know that when I have a stomach ache, I put my hands on my stomach. If I got a headache, I put my hands on my head. Yeah. When reality, what we're doing is taking our own natural energy, placing it in the area that's causing some challenge, mm-hmm. and letting our natural energy to help heal and ease that area. Yeah. And so we can do the same thing for our animals, just placing your hands on or near them or setting that intent, seeing that particular area healthy, whole, and strong. Uh-huh. And uh, that goes a long way in helping the animal. I love that. I like what you said, too. See our animal as healthy, whole, and strong. That's right. And ourselves, too. Exactly. You know, I, and I you find... have a great life together, then. Yeah. I, I find that often we've forgotten what it means to be healthy, whole, and strong. You know, it, in um, in the body talk system, which is one of the healing modalities I use, you know, in addition to other energy work, um, but what we've learned is that the cells themselves often have lost the information about what it actually means to be healthy, you know, to be completely synchronized, to be open, to be functioning at 100%, you know. In our society, that's not very common, you know. So when we set the intention and choose to see ourselves as whole and healthy and strong, then we're then resonating with that clarity. And I find that it actually helps us access the energetic template of health and well-being. You know, it helps to reactivate that uh, original imprint in the blueprint of the body. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. that, that's that's definitely true. Right. And uh, you, you're right. It is funny because if it's... Um, if you've had a sore ankle, uh, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, and it's been sore for the past couple, three days, then mm-hmm. at night you go and you, you lay down and sleep and you get the next morning and all of a sudden it's not hurting, mm-hmm. you instantly recognize that. Well, you mm-hmm. recognize that in a positive way. You're also recognizing that I'm expecting when I wake up that the ankle is going to be still uh, mm-hmm. sore and unsupported. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, instead of going to bed, realizing that your ankle is healthy, whole, and strong, Right. And just knowing that the next morning you're not going to have any ankle issues, you're not even going to think about it and uh-huh. let that healing process happen. I love that. But, uh, but yeah, we're we're like that. It's like, hey, you know, you know what? I haven't had a migraine in two weeks. <laughs> oh, guess what? You're probably going to get one now. You're thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, good for you. You, you know, we get what we focus on. We forget that, don't we? We absolutely do, <laughs> and, and it's hard. It, you know, and it's really hard in our society not to. You know, we we focus yeah. so much on the negativity that uh, we forget about all the positive things. And yeah. uh, our animals, on the other hand, live live am, like uh, live your life like your animals. Yeah. I always tell people live a dog's life. That's the best thing you can do I like because that. they mm-hmm. don't worry about that. You know, they don't watch the evening news, so they don't have to worry about. Thank all God, the good for the them. Yeah, I don't yeah. even like like my dog watching the evening news. I go. <laughs> No, I, I don't even watch it. Don't, don't watch the news, dog. I, I, Someone I, I will walk up to me that. and say, hey, do you hear about all the floods? Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry I'm that ignorant. But no, I, I didn't because I don't choose I to watch that. I know. <laughs> me too. Me too. You know, I have to just, just kind of funny, but sometimes I'll be watching TV and there'll be something on and all of a sudden it catches Einstein's interest. You know, and he'll watch it with me for a while, and then he has questions. <laughs> He's like, what are they doing? <laughs> I really don't understand. What are they talking about? Why is this important? Um, I, I got the concept, but I really don't quite get what, you know, what the issue is. So we'll talk about it. You know, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> and one of the funniest things, one of his favorite shows is Dancing with the Stars. Oh, 
Um, he enjoys watching, you know, the dancers. Not all of them, but some of them uh, fascinate him. He's just very, he thinks that's lots of fun. <laughs> so Absolutely. Uh, yeah, my, my boy Buzz, I've got a schnauzer named Buzz. and he, uh, Did you? Oh, mine's a yeah. schnauzer, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Smart, smart puppies. Yes, absolutely yeah. smart uh-huh. puppies. And uh-huh. he uh, yeah, he can identify what's on the TV, and if there's an animal that pops up on the TV, he assumes mm-hmm. that they're in the room. Yes. And so he immediately <laughs> goes to the TV to see what that's about, and then he looks uh-huh. behind it. Uh-huh. And just so happens where our, where our main floor TV is located, there's actually a door to the outside right in the back of it. So he mm-hmm. then ends up at the door thinking, okay, well, that you know that rhinoceros must be on, on my back porch where this door's at. <laughs> I had to tell him, no, buddy, the rhinoceros is not no. there. He's, no. he's in his little home, which is, i.e., the TV. Uh, right. oh, well, you know, I had I had a poodle uh, years ago explain to me how she had decided uh, TV worked and radio. Uh, her world said that there were tiny little people and creatures that lived in that box, but they never came outside and she could never smell them. Um, and they only appeared at certain times, but she was really clear that they just lived in that little box. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had a real, I, I thought about it for a little while because I was going to try to explain how TV actually works. Who among us actually understands truly how TV actually works or radio? Uh, you know, so I was like, oh, you know, wave patterns and da, 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 da. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what? I think that's probably the best explanation I could even think of is that they do. They, in some semblance, uh, in an illusion or whatever, but they do. They live in a little box, and uh, they don't ever come outside of the box, so we don't have to worry about them. <laughs> and you'll never smell them, uh, so don't worry about that either. So if you ever smell them, let me know, because we've got a problem. <laughs> exactly. And if there are some of them in this little box that we don't mm-hmm. choose to associate with, we just That's correct. We'll, we'll wish make them well them go in their away. little box and turn it off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Great way to look at it. I love that. Tim, let's talk about your book for just a moment. So you have a book. It's quite wonderful. It's called Wagging Tales, T-A-L-E-S. Every animal has a tail. It's about conversation with our animal friends. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about your book? Sure. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Yeah, the book is a collection of 32 stories of animals I've worked with. Okay. And it's coupled around 24 little helpful hints, little tips that you need to know that maybe help you out with your animal. Excellent. Um, a lot of the stories in the book are animals that are from rescue organizations. Ah. Um, it's animals that basically I worked with in my very early days. So the stories are very short and sweet. Uh, some of them okay. aren't, you know, have a great ending. Some do, but they're real life stories of animals I've worked with. Okay. Um, I think that the book's nice in the fact that it's um, it's one of those nice, simple books that gives you a flavor for what I went through as an animal communicator. The interesting things that they say, the animals say and do um, when they're communicating back with me. And also what I found out from the book, which I, I didn't really appreciate or didn't even really fully cognizantly understood at first, was the first story in the book was one of the first consultations I ever had. And then okay. it went on through a series of the next, you know, uh, 30-some that I had. So they're almost mm-hmm. in chronological order. Oh, cool. Skipping okay. a few real-life stories along the way. Okay. But what we find out is the information I received as an animal communicator in the very early days was a few words and a few pictures, and that's reflected in that one of the first stories in the book. But as the stories went on, my gift developed even greater. 
so it was multiple words and actual conversations. And mm-hmm. I started receiving feelings, colors, words, pictures, emotions, mm-hmm. all the things that our animals experienced, they were starting to share with me. And so I found by the time I wrote the book and read the last story that, wow, you know, my gift actually did develop. The more I worked and more I opened mm-hmm. myself up to the animals, the more they were able to share with me. Yeah. So that's what we try to try to accomplish with the book, and of course, a, a portion of all proceeds from the book goes back to animal rescue, and we right. try to help those uh, those beautiful animals out to find their right and perfect forever homes. Wow! Thank you for writing this, your story. Yeah, and, thanks. It, it, yeah. It's fun. It's a fun little book, and and to be honest with you, I wrote it the way I like to read books. Okay. I do a lot a lot of reading. I've got a, a radio show that we interview, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the animal rights show on Pet Life Radio, and we interview a lot of the top-rated uh, animal authors and experts and uh, New York okay. Times bestsellers. And a lot of times those books are very detailed and very lengthy. To me, I like to sit down and take about two hours and read a book, and I'm done and get something uh-huh. fun out of it. And that's <laughs> what I try to accomplish in this yeah. book. Yeah, I like that. For, for the ADD animal lovers in our midst. Uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, I apologize. I, you know, I would love read. to be able to write and read, uh, you know, read a book yeah. that's 300 and plus pages and write a book that's that. But I, that's, that's uh, probably never yeah, going to Yeah, so you're probably not going to come up with War and Peace. From the animal's viewpoint. Right? No, no, I yeah. don't think so. It would probably be one piece, maybe eight different uh, volumes or something. But yeah, maybe, maybe. Short, short and simple. You know, if the animals rewrote War and Peace, I wonder what they'd do with it, huh? Oh, oh my never God. Mind. They'd focus on the peace and forget about the war. I think That's right. <laughs> it'd probably make a lot more sense. Okay, so, um, so is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with uh, before we close down? Yeah, I think the key thing is that, you know, work work and spend more time with your animals. That's the key. And really try to develop that relationship at the, the deepest level. And really, it, it's even greater than that heart connection that we have with the animals. It's um, going deeper than that to really understand them, understand that they're here for a purpose, and they're here to fulfill that purpose, and they work on it every single day. And in our own reality, that's what we're here to do. Okay. So find your purpose uh, work on it every single day so when you leave this world you know you've accomplished everything you wanted to accomplish while you're here yeah. and uh, you can learn a lot of that from the animals yes yeah there are master teachers we yeah, have to learn how to listen to them and understand them so they can help us yeah. that's right so oh, everybody go out and live a dog's life that's yeah <laughs> or a kitty cat that's a pretty good life too right 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 <laughs> i love it yeah okay so um so tim how can they find out more about you um yeah you Sure. Visit, the best thing to do is visit the website. We've got all kinds right. of information on there, the radio right. shows, television appearances, all that can be uh, viewed and downloaded from there. Okay. We've got a monthly newsletter chock full of information. So the website is wagging-tails.com. That's W-A-G-G-I-N-G-T-A-L-E-S.com. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there. You can find out what's happening with me and uh, okay. love to be able to help out where I can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I know, um, I know, I learned a, a lot listening to you, and I've had a blast talking to you about all these things. Um, they're near and dear to my heart, you know. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and it's great talking to you. And uh, okay, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road somewhere. You bet you will. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the show. 
For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valheart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better-behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valheart.com to apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. Mm